Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we're back, and we have way too much to talk about this week. Uh, I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I might have more things for the first time. You might. This is, like, literally the most top-level amount of things that we've ever had in a show notes document before, which is funny, yeah. right after we said, uh, season three, we're going to try to hit the lower end of our running time. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot in here so we are going to run through like a bunch of quick hit geekery we're just playing catch up we're playing catch up this week we're probably playing catch up next week because we've had about three weeks since we last recorded so there's like all of this free time plus the holidays and both of us had like a week off of work in there and we've been just catching up on like everything that we wanted to do that was on our backlog so this is going to be a couple weeks of us just getting that out of our system so we're going to do a bunch of quick hit stuff that i think I think I'm challenging myself to get through mine in like five minutes. I can probably do it. I don't um, think you can get through it in five. I was going to actually time it. When you texted me that, I was like, yeah, we'll see if it's five minutes or not. Oh, man, the challenge. But before we do that, oh, and then we're going to do like longer discussion things. because We do have stuff that we want to discuss back and forth, but we got to just get some stuff out of our head first. Um, right. Before we get to that, you have an announcement. And instead of bearing it at the end of the episode... I thought you should put it up front. Okay. Well, this year it's New Year. There's been uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, the New Year's resolution stuff. And because it tends to be where fitness stuff tends to go, I guess, at the beginning of the year, that's when people jumpstart and really get interested in it. Since I'm training for a half marathon, I am kind of revamping what I did with Geek Fitness and I'm starting to vlog about it because that's what I do for work. I figure I might as well do that kind of thing for the content that I do uh, on the side and for personal reasons. So I have moved geekfitness.net over to runningshoes.tv where it is way more focused on the running side of things. Uh, and I basically uh, do a vlog there as I'm training for the Star Wars half marathon and I'm going to be living on YouTube for a while. So kind of revamping my brand and uh, instead of a podcast, kind of having a vlog that I do do sweet yeah i'm excited to see what you land on because i know you haven't like locked it in yet but you have ideas right. right and i figured if yeah i have lots of ideas and i figure if i don't just get it started then i'll be in that planning stage of trying to perfect it beforehand and since i'm i'm running solo i figure i can just be very candid about it and and adjust it on the fly so i'm i'm excited to do it i was going to to do another one today and it ended up uh, uh running out of time yeah i mean you and i had this discussion too about uh adjusting like the content on the fly and we're trying to feel less locked into our formal structure that we had before mm -hmm. and one of the things that came up was at the end of the season we had 51 episodes i was like where did the 52nd go because it should have been 52 in a year mm -hmm. So I looked back through and we had a 17.5 and I went back and I looked at the show notes and I was like, why did we do this? Why didn't we just embrace the fact that like life happens and this should have been 18? So we're yeah. not going to do that anymore. Just episode after episode. That's that's our motto. No, not motto, but that's our goal from now on. Um, right. OK, we have a lot to talk about. I am going to start. Oh, this time we're talking about gaming. This whole episode we just played. <laughs> So many games. There's a lot of prefacing this episode, a lot more than normal. Um, normally, we dive into a topic. If this is your first time listening, sorry for all the prefacing. Anyway, today is gaming. Next week, we're going to do everything else that we've been doing to catch up over the holiday break. But let me start with my quick hit stuff. I think I can do five minutes if I take a good okay. deep breath. Okay, so I'm done with Destiny 2 on the PC. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do much more with it. 
because okay. I'm kind of caught in this weird spot with Destiny 2. Um, I have like 40 plus hours on the PS4 version, but I like the controls. I like the way the game plays on the PC better, and I don't really want to re-grind for all the gear I have on PS4, but I don't want to play on PS4 either. So I'm kind of like just stuck. And at this point, like I wasn't, I don't know, I'm, I'm just done. I'm done. So I'm handing off Destiny 2. I don't know if I'm going to come back to it. I might just wait till Destiny 3 and I'm okay with that. Um, I played what a little about bit. expansions? I am curious about that. Five Are you going doesn't to count come back? if you interrupt with questions. Uh, all right, fine, fine. No, expansions, I, I'm probably, no, I, I don't know. It would, it would have to be a massive revamp of an expansion. Um, cool. So probably not, probably not. Um, I played around with Bridge Constructor Portal on iOS, even though it's on a bunch of systems. It's Bridge Constructor, which has been around for a while, but it's like themed around Portal and it has the portals from Aperture Science and, you know, Portal and Portal 2, which makes it a lot more interesting. So I had a lot of fun with that. I played through about half of it and then I kind of slowed down. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it or not, but if you liked Bridge Constructor, if you like construction games, check out that one. I played through Telltale Batman Season 2, the first episode and about a half of it and then the walking tapping inspection like slowdown sections i just i don't know i kind of burned out on it i I really liked the story i wanted more story but uh, i don't know uh, those sections of it just kind of just didn't click with me i guess in the end so yeah i kind of put that on pause i don't know if i'm gonna come back to it but i picked it up for really cheap so i don't feel bad Um, i've been playing a little bit of dead cells which is an early access roguelike action game and it's really good um, I don't know what they have left to do before they finish it, but I'm doing my typical early access thing where I don't really play a ton of it. I just play it. I, I bought it because it's cheaper in early access and I played enough to know I really like it. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to step away and just wait until it comes out officially and then I'll play a bunch of it. But it's a good roguelike action game. If you guys are into that, check out Dead Cells. I also played um, a little bit of Fortnite. At this point, it's basically a player unknown battleground ripoff. But it seems like it has a lot of promise for the future, and I might actually like it more than I like PUBG because it has style, it has polish, they're doing rapid iteration, and they're like really, I don't know, listening to the community and giving feedback into the community, which is really cool to see. And it's on, I think, most platforms now, and it's free to play. That's the other thing. You don't have to pay for it like you do. Oh, yeah. Didn't know that. That's one to check out. And like I said, I played a few rounds of it enough to know that as it gets more out of like early access and more into full release, I'm going to go back and try it again. Um, I played Reigns, Your Majesty, which is Reigns was that like almost like Tinder card swipe left, swipe right thing where you had to make decisions. Yeah, you played it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I played the new one. And if you liked the first one, you will like this. It's a solid follow-up to Reigns. And the writing is much better than it was in the first game. So I thought that alone was like a huge improvement. So I I really liked that game. I played Sniper Elite 4 a bunch with my brother. Um, I played a little bit on my own because he convinced me to buy it. And I was like, ah, I don't really know. And then he goes, well, I I wanted you to buy it because we can do multiplayer. So we've been playing multiplayer sniping, essentially. And with two players, that game is amazing. (laughs) With one player, it's, eh, it's kind of okay kind of okay um i'm probably halfway done with the game but i'm at this point i'm just waiting to play with my brother some more because i don't really want to play it on my own because the multiplayer is so much more fun in that and that's that if you guys have ever seen those slow-mo world war ii sniping games where it's like when you get a really good shot it zooms in you see like the internal organs explode and stuff do you know the gifts i'm talking about yep yeah it's that game that's the game um and then the other quick hit thing i had was pandemic legacy season two it's good. It's really oh, good. Cool. Um, 
it's the same setting as season one as if you had failed to save the world in season one it jumps ahead 80 years and this is about like you don't really know what's going on in the greater world anymore um society is isolated to these floating cities that are like havens and you have to slowly go out to basically coastal cities and start to reestablish links to the rest of the world so one of the really fun things with this is that you get to get these like you have to recon as some of your objectives so if you recon part of north america you get to open a new box and take a giant sticker of north america and put it on the map so the map is actually mostly blank to start the game and that was really fun so reestablishing like supply lines and cities and i don't know stuff like that it it has pandemic at its core but it's more different than pandemic legacy season one and i think i like it better because of that even though i don't think this game could exist if season one did not exist oh okay there you go that's my quick hit stuff you did make it in five minutes because i interrupted so congratulations i thought i could do it Yay. Okay. <laughs> but you have a bunch of stuff too. I want to hear your stuff and then we'll get into actual discussions. Okay. So I played a lot this time that uh, over Christmas break, I kind of, I went on a gaming binge kind of like you do uh, with Gamefly and everything like that. We're just like, I'm going to play all of this stuff. So I started with Stardew Valley that I've been wanting to play it. Everyone told me on Switch that it was just amazing. And I didn't really want to buy it again uh, because I had played it already on PC and already owned it on PC. And I've got a Steam link and a Steam controller and i sat down on the couch loaded up stardew valley it was like the first thing i played and i hated it i just cannot bring myself to care that i went around did the normal stuff and realized that it's the same as builder games that i love the concept can't bring myself to care about it uh, but i think i love seeing other people enjoy it so then after that i booted up cosmic star heroin which is that uh it was that Kickstarter game that uh, I'll pre-order while you were talking at uh, a few seat last season, I yeah, think. Yeah, the Z-Boy game is kind of like Chrono Trigger DNA, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's fantastic that the combat system is truly amazing, but I am not in a JRPG mood, and I really want to play it on handheld <laughs> Nintendo Switch <laughs> so badly that if that doesn't happen, I'll buy it when the Vita version comes out just so i can play it on on the on handheld because i love the combat system it's super fun so uh after christmas we went to my my family's my extended family's christmas it was like a week afterward and we found out that kamala khan is a player and player character in lego marvel superheroes 2 so we came home and immediately bought it, Went and it took until I think the third level to unlock Kamala, and it's a Lego game. And they're super fun on co-op. Jennifer and I have a really good time. We bought it on Switch, too, by the way, where we just grab a couple of Joy-Cons, we go around, smash some stuff. Remember, she loves the Smashy Smashy, and since Kamala Khan is her favorite superhero, that is the only comic she really reads, that whenever we had an opportunity to have a Kamala Khan game, there was no way we could pass it up so we bought it off the e-store and it it's great same way i kind of did with stardew valley and cosmic star heroin i was listening to the nintendo power podcast and they said that lovers in a dangerous space time uh one of the guys was saying that lovers in a dangerous space time was his favorite game on the switch and again i've already got that from a humble bundle on steam so i loaded it up and started playing it and recognized how magnificently put together this game is and i 
I hate playing it, that it is not my style of game, that it is pretty, it's funny, I love the concept of it, but I did not like playing it even a little bit, and that's partly because I don't have four people. If I had four local players there being able to play it and do and control the uh, the ship the way you're supposed to, I bet that would be awesome. So I just kind of put it aside and and we'll eventually try to get a group together if I think about it. Um, I don't know if there's online play for that or not. I played the Overwatch Christmas event. It's Overwatch. I can't remember if I even got any of the cool skins that uh, I wanted. I just shot people for a while and had a good time uh, at the end of the season. Um, Jennifer, uh, okay, so this isn't me, but this Jennifer was playing through a couple of games this uh, this holiday season too, and she played the entirety of King's Quest Seven. This is the one from the nineties. Uh, we bought the King. She grew up playing King's Quest games either at school in like middle school or with her mom. She and her mom played through the entirety of King's Quest Six together, and got, that was how they realized that video games had uh, strategy guides because they just happened to see it at the mall one day with a game that they were playing. So she bought it, bought this collection on Steam, played uh, through King's Quest Seven, and I watched her play this entire point-and-click adventure. It is a train wreck. This game is absurd. It It is ridiculous, but I loved watching it. Like, it was funny, it was stupid, and it was dumb in that way that she and I absolutely love. So... So she beat it like the story was just terrible and she made sure that she did like you and I where whenever it stopped being fun she had a walkthrough on her phone so that she could uh, move on to the next fun part. So that was that was awesome watching her play it uh, and then we ended up getting King's Quest the 2015 remake which is essentially a telltale game. It's a point and click adventure game but it's a modern adventure game and so it has some of the reaction the you know the active time you know you have to press y at the right time and episode one is free so she played it to see if she liked it and she ended up loving it and this game is legitimately funny that christopher lloyd you know doc brown from back to the future is the narrator who plays king graham as he's older and is telling stories from the who was the main character of the old king's quest games and it is so full of puns like it is a aware of how terrible some of those old games were and uh, it is just and even though I didn't play them I've played enough point and click adventures to understand why he keeps yelling stop using the hatchet on everything like it, it's great then on PlayStation Plus there was a free game that was on the Vita called Forma.8 I don't know if that's how it's pronounced or what it's called but have you ever played that one no I've seen it a couple times and it did not look good it it looked interesting enough that I was I downloaded it and I thought like oh this will be a good time waster on my Vita and it was a Metroidvania game where you like float float through the labyrinth and and did like that thought it was great it was free I played probably an hour of it maybe and realized once again it's like Nope, it was a good idea, but I'm glad that that was free, so I moved on. And then Gamefly, I actually Gameflyed, and uh, my first game was Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And I was so excited, it came in, Jennifer and I were ready to uh, to do two-player on it and fight each other, and it 
it wasn't fun. I wanted it to be fun, and we both wanted it to be fun. We loved the idea of it, and it was just so slow and plotting. And I know it's turn-based strategy, but it seemed plotting even for that and then even in the single player campaign it's like there's like a 15 minute intro to the thing that you can't skip like i don't care what got them there i just want to shoot things with mario's gun and i don't i just we sent it back and now i'm waiting on uh samus returns the uh, metroid uh, remake uh to come in for my 3ds so i'm super excited about that I also bought uh, Adventure of Mana on Vita, which is the remake of the very first, I think, Saiken Densetsu game, uh, which was released in the United States as Final Fantasy Adventure for the Game Boy. And it is the one on Vita is just a cell phone port. Like they didn't do anything else from the iOS and Android. Like you can still control it with the uh, with the control like virtual stick on there. So it was neat and it's basically just a cell phone Zelda, which is it feels a whole lot like Ocean Horn on the cell phone. Uh, except I actually have a joystick this time, so I will eventually get to playing through it because it's a Squaresoft game. It's an iOS Squaresoft Zelda ripoff. So that'll be fun. I somebody on Twitter, and I thought it was Capsule J, and it's not told me that I needed to play Axiom Verge on the Switch. Um, it was expensive, more expensive on the Switch, so I bought it on the Vita for $10 during the sale, and it is Metroid. Like, it, it really is like, it looks 8-bit, it looks like the colors of it, and uh, except it deals with computer stuff instead of outer space stuff, and it's great. Like, it's really, really good. It is way smoother than I expected it to be. It has very high production values like I really really like it um, so I'm kind of playing my Vita is sitting on my couch and I'm playing through it uh, occasionally just picking it up doing a couple of areas and then putting it back down just just super fun retro style uh, Metroid clone that is probably the best straight up Metroid clone I've ever played because it's literally like Metroid 2.0 um, it's good stuff uh, so on the Switch I bet it's even better because the Switch is just better to play than the Vita. Um, I also realized playing a couple of demos on the on the Switch that I don't think I like games made with Unity. That every time it says Unity on there, I realize that I'm not really going to like it because I think the animations are off. Just the way that people do these games and the studios make these games with Unity. That uh, The two games that I played were Embers of Mirim and Max the Curse of Brotherhood, which seemed really interesting on the Switch and uh, would would have really cool concepts and both of them just lost my interest before the demo was over and partly was because of clipping like i think there's something with the unity engine clipping that doesn't work right for platformers uh that just makes it feel off and stiff so i probably won't play any more unity any more unity platformers like Wait, that so i know it's supposed to be quick hit i'm trying not to interrupt so we can keep sure. the show moving but for Unity games, I do know a little something about what you're talking about here. One of the things that you got to keep in mind with Unity is that 
if you pay for like a, a license that's not the free version, you can actually take that Unity splash screen out of your game, even though it's made in Unity. So Unity oh. as an engine is actually really solid for all sorts of things. But almost every time that you see the Unity splash screen, it's because it's a smaller budget dev that probably didn't put money into their tools, which also kind of reflects on the amount of time and effort and money they put into the rest of the game. So... I just wanted to interject because, like, you shouldn't really disparage Unity as a platform. Okay. Although your observation isn't wrong, that when you see that splash screen, you kind of have to mentally adjust. But do you kind of get why? I do. I completely understand that. And Max, The Curse of Brotherhood, is a game that I might end up going back to and uh, whenever it goes on sale because it was really cool and really pretty. Embers of Miram, I won't. Um, but the the fact that they were both unity stood out in my mind from the clipping issues that i had with it which may just be like you said a lower a uh, lower budget development studio and then after that i ended up playing the nine parchments demo and i'm it's a new action rpg that came out by the makers of trine and i loved the trine games and so after capsule j and uh uh copper top uh, rose 262 who i didn't know were married by the way uh Talked to them on Twitter forever. Had no idea that they were uh, husband and wife. Uh, they played co-op on it and was talking about how great it was. And were and I went and played the Nine Parchments demo, and it is really fun. Like, I really like it. Uh, I will pick it up when it goes on sale on the Switch. And then uh, the last bit that I had was I wanted to shoot some stuff that wasn't Overwatch, and I didn't want to start a new game on any, like, single-player campaign. So I actually moved into the Clash of the Clouds DLC for Bioshock Infinite for the first time and I shot a whole bunch of stuff, jumped around with skyhooks and it was magnificently fun and it was also the game that made me realize that even though I am okay with playing a first person shooter with a controller and though I prefer a mouse and keyboard, I do not like the Steam controller for anything that needs a right stick. Um... I like it for a lot of things, but I did not like it for a first-person shooter. It was terrible. Um, but then I went and played it with my mouse and keyboard, and it was super fun, and I got my first-person shootery stuff out of my system. So there's mine. Good job. Excellent. We made it. Um, okay, let's dive into a quick Geeky Offer of the Week. Let's do uh, Gamefly. So you guys can go to GameflyOffer.com slash geek. Just like Bija was talking about, you can get a game sent to you, and then if you don't like it, you can send it right back. If you do like it, you can hold on to it for a while and play it and then send it back later, or you can hit a button on there to keep it for cheaper than retail price. Um, both of us have used it at various times, and we like it as a service. So if you go to GameflyOffer.com slash geek, you can get a free trial of it, and it also helps the podcast. And I will tell you that, and I will tell you, I looked at it today, you can, you can use this basically as a free month to get a discount. You can have something sent to you, play it, and then like it and get the demo or get buy it and it's like the metroid one was 24 dollars. so even if i like it don't like it or even if i do like it i can buy it way cheaper than i can buy it anywhere else and i'm in a free month so it's a big old discount Yep, it's pretty sweet. Um, and then I should also mention other shows on the network. So Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. I know this week there was an episode about the X-Files that I don't have a whole lot of basis in, but it was interesting anyway to oh, listen to. Oh, my wife has so many feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, Geekitude 
Joe had a couple guys on and they talked about their like 2018 geeky resolutions, which I thought that was really cool to hear. And then uh, Rob had the best comics and more basically of 2017. So he did his like year end recap episode. And I, I love some of the categories that he has in his year end episode. That's not just like straight up comics. He has some good ones in there. So I highly recommend listening to all of those because I did and enjoyed them. Okay. Longer discussions. Now we can actually talk back and forth. We're actually not right. horrible on time. Um, I wanted to, and this one might be a little shorter, but you finally played Battlefront 2, and yes. I played the uh, DLC and the campaign patch for it. Um, okay. I wasn't, like, very impressed i guess by the campaign and dlc patch that got put in there for the last jedi the levels i have were, heard it's kind of eh yeah the the new like first person shooter level was actually pretty good and fun and interesting it's great from uh the last jedi but then oh yeah the, cool yeah the x-wing mission just wasn't very good that being said i still go back and i play battlefront 2 eh, probably every other day still just just in the oh, starfighter wow. mode like that is the only thing i touch at this point so i want I've to play it once Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask, like, you sounded like you were all gung ho about it for a day or two when you were texting me. And then I didn't hear anything else about it. Well, okay, so this will also move us into eventually what what I'm talking a lot about during the discussion part of this, where Austin, uh, my buddy who lives in Florida, uh, said that the like digital deluxe super mega edition of Battlefront 2 was on sale and where instead of like ninety dollars, it was like 40 or 45. And so so because you get so many other like heroes immediately unlocked and for use and just all the stuff that came with it, um, he and his brother and uh, cousin who we all, we could all play it together. Like they were all get, getting it and going to play together. And so Jennifer was like, it's really good for you to play friends with, you know, to play games with your friends. And because I don't have too many around here, like I can do stuff like that with locally. So it was like, okay, cool. So, so I bought it and we, we were playing through and you know i haven't touched the campaign that i haven't even started the single player campaign and i am really terrible at the multiplayer but i actually like playing it um i really really love the deathmatch part of the game as opposed to the objective based combat okay. uh, like the heroes versus villains and the blast i like yeah, way sure. better than say the uh, galactic assault and whatever the smaller scale of that is where it's basically capture the flag or something along those lines um I really like heroes versus villains or heroes and villains whichever it's called uh because I get to you know you get to play as Finn or Phasma or or Kylo Ren or Yoda and they're fun to play and it's basically a four-on-four deathmatch so i really like that and i like blast which is basically a 16 on 16 deathmatch where you're just going around shooting things and having fun the cards and boxes are still kind of poop uh not a big fan they're there they they do stuff and uh but i haven't and i've played the starfighter part one time it's really cool and it was uh, exactly like you said, where it felt kind of like a Rogue Squadron game doing, you know, going and doing it. Like I won. I was really happy about it, but it wasn't as fun as Heroes versus Villains to me. So I didn't do it as much. 
Okay, it's funny because like you grabbed onto almost exactly the opposite of what I did in this game. Like, really, I, I got it for the campaign, and then when I did play the first-person shooter multiplayer, I basically only enjoyed Galactic Assault. Every other mode was just boring and kind of dumb to me. Um, and then the only thing I play now is the Starfighter mode. So, okay, wow, it's very much the inverse of me. Which, okay, that's why I wanted to ask you because I just wanted to know where you landed on it. The other thing that was on both of our lists was Cuphead, and. Right. You had less to say about it, so I'll let you go first because I see your comments there, and they're funny. <laughs> okay, so I saw Cuphead. I saw the video. Like I was really excited for Cuphead when I read it. It was either a Mashable or a, a Kotaku article or something that just like had this video of how pretty it was and i saw the animation style and so i started like really getting excited for it to come out and i i've waited to buy it like i knew it was going to be hard like that wasn't what put me off of it actually um i I thought it was really fun it was so i finally bought it it was on sale for like 15 bucks 16 bucks something like that and i bought it and i was playing through and oh my god this thing is so pretty like like oh my god goodness this is such a pretty just gorgeously animated game that the sound design everything about this game from its aesthetic and tone is perfect that they did such a good job and i returned it after 45 minutes that it was super fun it is not my style of game it's basically contra is the way that it feels to me is like a a a contra style like shooter platformer that has uh different kind of actiony elements and different levels and it's super fun and then after about 45 minutes i already started to feel as though it was repetitive and like it was really repetitive where i didn't want to turn it on like okay i've played that already for a bit and i just realized that it wasn't going to keep my attention longer than really a couple of hours and i was like i can pay the money for something else that i know i'll play longer than that so So like super good just not for me so what what was repetitive about it to you because every boss is unique like that's why the game hooked me the way it did which i'll talk about in a second but like what part was repetitive it it felt i don't know and it may be let me think how can i phrase how can i put it um it felt repetitive because of the the combat was holding a button and jumping around like I didn't necessarily like even though I know there's skill involved it wasn't the kind of combat that I enjoy in the game and the level design wasn't interesting enough to keep me going through that and the bosses even though it was they were all unique it was still it was still kind of generic dodge this stuff jump up and shoot stuff and I just never I just didn't connect with it okay um I guess the other question I should ask before I put in my thoughts, how far did you make it? Uh, like, how far on the first island? I'm assuming you were on the first island in 45 minutes. Yeah, I was still minutes. on the first island. Um, I opened up three or four areas, maybe. Okay, so how many bosses did you see? Just, like, a handful? Like, a couple? Two, three, four? It was probably four? four or five, maybe. Okay, so you, you gave it a good try. You you did scratch the surface of this game. Um, So, this is my kind of game. I love this mm. game like to death. This would have been my number five for the year. This would okay. easily bump Golf Story out. Um, 
And so I'm sad that I didn't play it before the end of the year. And it falls into that weird place that Hitman did for me last year, where it's kind of like between our end of the year episode and when the next year yeah. actually started, which is why I'm glad we're talking about it now, because you can I'm, I'm retroactively putting it back there. Like, this is my <laughs> number five game for 2017. This game was amazing. Like, this is the kind of game that has such tight controls and platforming, yes. and it requires such precise execution that... I just fell in love with it. And like, yeah, the aesthetics are cool too. And I know that's what everybody else, like when I was listening to Games of the Year podcast was talking about, like how amazing it was. That part, I, I was like, yeah, okay. Like it, it was fascinating for me for the first hour maybe. And then I didn't even see it. Like that's not why I played mm. this game. I played this game for the boss design, for the tight controls and for like how hard the execution got. And like, this is I a bet. hard game that I really like. Um, and I mentioned this like last time we talked about Dark Souls that like I just hate Dark Souls because I'm fighting with the controls, not with the game. This is the opposite. This is the kind of hard game that I love there. The controls just feel super responsive. Every time I messed up and I died, it was my fault. And I could tell yes. why and I could get better because of that. There was enough feedback and it was clear to me as the player what I had done wrong that I always immediately wanted to restart and try again. Yes. And that ties in with some of the design of this game that it is a fast restart game. Just like if it you've ever is. played Super Meat Boy, like you just hit a button and you're right back at the beginning. You're like right yep. back into the game. And um, one of the cool like mechanics they have is that when you're going up against a boss, it has a little like progress bar that you can't see when you're in the middle of it. But whenever you get defeated, you see a progress bar that has a bunch of little flags in it that show you like which where each phase was and how close uh -huh. you were to beating each phase or like you made it to the middle of the next phase or oh, you almost made it right to the end. Like that kind of thing, that player feedback makes makes it so much more palatable to keep diving right back in yeah. even though you're getting destroyed over and over and, and over it, again. It worked really well for me on the bosses because of knowing how far along in their phases I was. When I was getting destroyed by something, I would be like, okay, but I'm almost done. It's like I'm not there's not anything coming up after this that's gonna like completely blow my mind. And you're absolutely right that the the messaging, everything about it, like the controls, you know exactly what's up and you know that it's you from yeah. the moment that you die that there it is. I did not ever get frustrated that the game was too hard or that it was unfair. Like, you know how it's like, no, I didn't hit that button. It's like, nope, I didn't hit that button. It's like, oh, I hit that button too late. It's like. Of course I did. Like, I, it wasn't that it didn't respond. And um, I really thought, like, there was one level, and it was just one of the platforming levels, but uh, Jennifer came to watch me. Like, she wanted to see how pretty it was because, like, like she she had seen the video as well. And so she was watching me play the game, and she realized she, we were just talking as I did it, and she was like, yeah, I don't think I would like playing this. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been able to beat this level, and I've done this probably two dozen times and uh, there was this one part that I couldn't get past and I finally got through it while she was sitting there watching and I actually screamed I was like yes I did it like there is a feeling of, of accomplishment when oh, you yeah, do there it is. because you have you you have beaten you at that more than anything else but it's not the kind of thing I stick with for a long period of time but like it's a fantastic game like I cannot cannot 
like disagree with you on that at all yeah so like the gameplay loop just hooked me and like the the platforming levels that are they call them run and gun but those are like the Mm -hmm. weakest part of the game those were an afterthought this was originally just supposed to be a bosses only game and then as it grew in scope they added those in later and i think it really feels like it but they're kind of like whatever they're they're not that hard ever and you can get through them pretty quick like the bosses are why i played this game and it got its hooks in me so much that I the first play session I did the first night I got to the end of the second island. Wow. It was probably about well I actually know because I I kept track of my playtime. The first island took me 2 hours, the second island took me 4 hours and the third island took me 6 hours to get to the end of the game. Nice. Um, wow. There's probably about an hour of downtime in there where my kids interrupted me for stuff and I forgot to turn the game off. So call it my playtime was like 12 hours but it's probably about 11 hours start to finish with this game and Like, it was hard, but if there's any game genre that I could say that I'm actually good at, like, I don't go around saying I'm great at video games. I love them, but I I don't, you know, go around saying I'm really good at them. It's platforming. Like, platforming is the type of game that I am good at, if there is any out there. And... I was talking to other people about it, and uh, it sounded like that's pretty quick for playtime in this game. But really? It, it was more about that it was just like, this game hooked me and it didn't let go. Um, the first time I hit a plane level, it got kind of tricky because Ugh. it's it's a very different type of game. You know, I it turns it. more into a bullet hell game sometimes and less into platforming, which is fine. I just had to adjust my brain. Um, but... Honestly, like the very first boss that I took on, that little slime guy that bounces, mm-hmm. um, he probably okay. destroyed me more than anyone else until I got to the end of the second island. Like it just took really? my brain. Yeah, it, it took my brain a little bit to click and like see what the game was doing, figure out the controls and like really kind of grok it. And then as soon as I did, it was like, OK, I got this. There were actually two or three bosses on the first island that I one shot. No problem. Yeah. And then I got to the second island. I got towards the end of the second island when I got to the dragon. And that is when I saw what this game actually had to offer. Like, I beat the first island and I was kind of disappointed because people told me this was a hard game. And I didn't feel like that at all. Like, I was okay. flying through that first island, um, especially when I one shot a couple of the bosses. And I was like, really? Like, I thought this was supposed to be like challenging. And then I got to the second island and the difficulty was ramping up. And then I got towards the end of the second island and there's a dragon level. And oh man, that that took me probably the longest out of anything until I got to the very end of the game. That one like really put a barricade in my path. Um, and that was where I stopped my first play session. I was like, I got to just like go to bed and come back to this. And then I came back the next day. I finally figured out the dragon. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be like this until I get to the end of the game. And it pretty much was, there were some in the third Island that were a little bit easier than that dragon. Um, but I got to the dice and the devil at the end. And he was, a very well-designed encounter that was different than everything else. And I guess we can be pretty spoilery, right? You're not going to play it. I'm I'm not going to play it. I'm actually going to look up some of these videos, some of these boss videos after you, after we get done here, because I haven't seen these fights. So to actually get to, um, like the dice head man, I don't know what his actual name is. Um, <laughs> he like has a dice and you have to like parry against it, which is like the jump. And then you hit the jump button again yep. um, and it'll roll a die. And then whatever you roll, you like move up a certain amount of counters. It's almost like a mini board game. And then depending on what you land on, you go to a mini boss fight. So you have to beat a bunch of mini bosses before you get to the end of this like counter. And then when you do, you actually face off against him. And it's all within the same encounter, all the same right? Encounter all within the same life bar so 
it gets challenging, but it was so fun. And then I got to the the devil at the end, and that was also challenging, and it, it felt so good to beat this game. And then I did a quick look at the achievements, and there was one to get an S ranking, and I was like, how do you even do that? I've never gotten an S before. And what I didn't realize is that there's an expert mode locked after you beat the game on normal. Oh, so lord. I had beaten it, and I unlocked expert mode, and to get an S ranking, you have to beat a boss on expert mode you have to do the amount of parries they require you have to use enough of your ex meters in one boss battle you have to never take any damage at all and (laughs) it it was so fun getting an s ranking for the first time like i loved that about this game so wow this was a game that presents like the perfect kind of challenge that hooks my brain and keeps me going so that's why like i'm I'm talking about this one more than i'm probably going to talk about anything else on my list here just because like retroactively this would be my like game number five of the year like i just i absolutely loved cuphead and i highly highly recommend it and i mean i knew from playing it that you would love it that that when I when I dug in, it's like I knew that that you were going to really latch onto it because it is your kind of game. Just immediately, I was like, "Yeah, he's he he loves this game," and I can see all of the the wonder and stuff like that. Like I love the idea of the game. Again, this one was just the airplane mode kind of put me off of it too because I've never liked those kind of side scrolling uh, bullet hell shooters. So when I saw that that was going to be a big part of it too, I was like, "Ah." because I just don't I don't I don't enjoy playing those I never have. Yeah, and I'm probably going to leave it installed on my computer on Steam and I will keep going back for expert mode over time. I don't I don't feel any need to drive through and like actually beat it all on expert, especially right. not right now after I put so much time into it over break, but I don't see me deleting that game anytime soon, which that's that's rare for me. I yeah, usually will it get is. a game off my hard drive once I'm done with it. Um a bunch of your discussion points go together. <laughs> and yeah. so you have like five things here. You have uh, Metroidvanias, platformers in general. You played SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Dig 2. You played Guacamelee, Shantae, Half Genie Hero, and you used a Steam controller. And I feel like all of those are almost like one topic. And But this is what I've done the most. Like all of the stuff that I went through was, was ours, yes, but really digging in more than anything else, I realized that I am in a platformer mood that I love the I've been trying and searching and finding the the what really would just make me want to pick up that that system or that controller and play it over and over again and it turned out that it was Metroidvania games that I had no idea how much I wanted that and so I was looking around, just kind of searching for for something to play, and uh, I you were talking about Steam World Dig Two, like for so long. You were talking about how great it was. Yeah, and, yeah it's uh, my number four game of last year. Like, I love that game. Yeah, like it's like I'd never really thought anything about it. Like listening to what you said about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like it. It would be a pretty fun little game. And so I had Steam World Heist already on my computer so i booted it up and was playing it a little little bit and it's this really cool turn-based uh kind of turn-based actiony plat almost platformer kind of roguelike maybe i don't even know how to describe it it's it's a turn-based strategy game that's also a trajectory game and it's fun like it's really fun but it didn't grab me immediately that i'm like i will go back and i will play this when i'm in the mood for that because it's super cool and so i was just kind of searching around on steam and 
was looking at Steam and saw SteamWorld Dig, the first one on Steam, for $2. It was $1.99 during the Steam sale. And I read the description of it just to see what the content of the game really was, like how they, how they sold it. And it said that it was a Metroidvania game. And I just kind of looked at it. And I was like, what you say now? And I read through it. I, I, I kind of look around. And it's like, it's a digging game, yes, but it's a Metroidvania game. And the way that, I don't remember if it was I had looked it up on and Googled it for a review or saw somebody on Steam and posted something about it. But it was, they said that it was a Metroidvania game where you dig your own path through the platform levels. And I was like, that sounds really cool. And I was like, that sounds cooler than anything that Void said about that. So I paid my $2 and I started playing it and I immediately loved it. Like immediately, like I booted it up and it was within the first 30 seconds of jumping around that I was like, I'm going to play a lot of this game. And I messaged you about it at that point, And you were like, I never really thought about it as a Metroidvania, but I guess it is. Yeah, I feel and, like I described it adequately. I just, I, I used all the same words that you were reading. I just didn't say Metroidvania. And apparently yeah. that was like the thing that made you finally uh, uh, it, give it a it go. It just kind of. Yeah, it just kind of catalyzed everything in my brain from what you had said and then all of that. It was like, oh, that's what this is. And so I, I loved the first one. And I was playing it on my computer, and I was like, mm, I'm playing it on Steam like I always do with everything. And you said something. You had texted me and was like, yeah, the first one's really good, but the second one is amazing. Yep, and I did say something, that. Something along those lines. And Especially I was on like, the Switch. And so I was just like, I'm going to go buy it on the Switch right now. <laughs> and like that, Just you saying that made me go grab my Switch and buy two, and oh my goodness, you were right. That I'm going to finish one, but I would not put SteamWorld Dig 2 down. That I loved it. Like I was sitting there playing it pretty much all the time that it was it was just they took everything that was good that I liked about SteamWorld Dig and just straight up made it better that from the animations that I loved the stylized animation they made it prettier stylized animation from the controls to the 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 way that you trans like transport between the different areas and teleport and just Everything about it was just straight up better. It was how you do a sequel. And on the Switch is just awesome. I mean, it's if I have the choice, I'm like you. I'm going to play it on the Switch over anything else um, unless there's a cost difference. And so... I grabbed this on and I've just sat on the switch constantly playing it and I liked playing it in handheld mode more than I liked playing it on the TV. I, I hooked up to the TV a few times, but I much preferred holding the switch and just kind of having it, having it in my face, playing it that way. And I read some reviews later um, that, I think it was on Rock Paper Shotgun that was like the top 14 Metroidvania games on PC or something like that. And it said that um, that SteamWorld Dig 2 was... And generally they're known for like difficulty and like like making sure that, that you're 
you have to work for everything. And they said that this one was a Metroidvania game that wants you to beat it and to have fun while you're doing it. And I'm like, that is exactly the way this game felt. Like, that is the most succinct way of putting how this game feels. It's like, it wants you to have fun with this. And I love it. If I'd played this last year, it absolutely would have been at the near the top of my list. Like, just right there. It is a fantastic game and I cannot wait to go back to I'm still playing it trying to unlock other stuff and cannot wait to go back and uh, beat the first one uh, just messing around if it ever comes on to switch man so what I'm hearing is that I was right you are totally right like nice like so I I do want to hear about like Guacamelee and Shantae though because you didn't just play SteamWorld Dig you were playing a bunch of Metroidvanias and and I still am like I have Shantae Half Genie Hero on my Switch right now. I have Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition on my on Steam, and I have Axiom Verge, like I mentioned, on my on my Vita. And I was trying to think on what the the system was on it, and I have them all just like sitting there. The Steam controller the Vita and the Switch sitting side by side. And like I am when I say that I'm in a Metroidvania mood, like I'm just in a platformer mood. I also bought Dust and Elysian Tale because it was three dollars and I'll eventually get back to playing it. Uh, but I've played through part of it before. So um, do you like the Steam controller? Because I did not at all. I like it for certain kinds of games that I like it for slower games things that are uh that don't require nearly as much fine control i think it's great for like the uh the telltale games the uh stuff like that the adventure games that jennifer's playing with king's quest those kind of things it's magnificent for and i can even play things like guacamelee where you have to do a lot of of very like it's not delicate controls it's just a lot of buttons in particular order like you'll be you'll be doing lots of different combinations of buttons while you're jumping between different platforms in it i don't know how far you ever got in it Uh, Um, i got pretty i don't know i got far enough to know what the game was offering but you you do like the control enough to keep using it i like the controller but it is not as easy to use on games like guacamelee once you get some of the more difficult parts sure i would much i'm going to buy a an xbox a wireless xbox controller to play stuff like that with on the tv uh because i just haven't bought my brought my wired one in there yet um but yeah i like the steam controller i don't love it but for what it is the tracking on the with the mouse uh to be able to basically use it as a trackpad is pretty useful on those kind of games as long as they're not super fast paced yeah no i i still think the wireless 360 controller is like the best controller you can use on pc um that's still what i use i have a couple of them just linked up to my pc all the time and i i use them that's what i played cuphead with so um okay yeah that's what i was playing with the wired one so yeah uh so i guess i was wondering speaking of that is have you played what remains of edith finch because i told you about it but then you got on a very metroidvania diversion i did and part of part of the reason of doing that is that both guacamelee and shantae and SteamWorld all have very distinct beautiful art styles that those that really pulled me in as well because they're like gorgeous games to watch too so it was just fun to get into that and really invest in it but i never no i never went and bought the uh the edith finch game that you were talking about even though 
and the main reason was that I can't remember who we were talking with about it on Twitter, but they mentioned that it was a walking simulator, and that wasn't where my brain was right then. That it was something that I'm going to go back to because you say, you know, obviously I trust your opinion on video games and what you think I'll like, um, but that wasn't where my brain was at that point. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the next time you're in the mood for a game like that, I think you would actually like um, What Remains of Edith Finch more than I do, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, it would have made my honorable mentions for last year but it, it wouldn't have broken the top five for sure but it definitely okay. would have been like probably top 10 probably towards the bottom of it but it would have been in there it it didn't impact me as much as like um firewatch did but it, it was really okay. cool it's um like kind of walking through a house and the house is i'm trying to what can i tell you without spoiling much because i don't want to spoil it i want you to experience it and then we can actually talk about it so i'll be i'll be high level and be quick there's a house and you have gotten a key to go back into it after like one of your family members like your parent has died and you haven't been back to the house in years so you go back to the house and um one of the things that had happened over time was one of your relatives decided that like as people in the family died, because there's a family curse that people always die kind of like oh, okay. tra- not uh, tragically. I don't know. They, they always die in interesting unexpectedly. And weird ways. Yeah, unexpectedly is probably the way to put it. Um, when somebody dies, they seal up their room and nobody else is allowed in there. And it's just kind of a living memorial to them. So you walk into the house with a key and the key lets you into like a room that you haven't been able to get into before. And from there, you slowly find your way to every room in the house. And in doing so, you get these little gameplay vignettes of the last moments of every one of these people's lives. And every one is a different type of game and a different type of gameplay. Really? It is very fascinating. It's really well done. I don't think you would ever want to replay it. And it's it's probably only two three hours somewhere in there but oh as an experience as like a self-contained just quick experience that yeah you could just call it a walking simulator but there's more gameplay in it than that there's a lot more gameplay in it okay. than that um especially one of the last family members you encounter his uh, if you guys have played it it's the guy who works at the cannery i guess that's all i have to say for people who've played it before um that gameplay sequence was probably one of the most interesting gameplay sequences of last year. So when you play it, we need to talk about it. And that's, I think, all I'm going to say about it for now. Okay. That does, I mean, it sounds really, really cool. I didn't realize about the different kind of game, as you put it in the notes here, those gameplay vignettes. I wasn't, I didn't realize that was how it was because I was thinking more along the lines of like Gone Home and and Firewatch. And that was so not the game that I was in the mood for over this break. Yeah. And it it is that a little bit, but it also like every time you go back into one of these other family members, it's a different type of gameplay. And it, it really is a gameplay vignette. You never really play this same type of game twice the other thing i should say about this one is if you get it on pc which is where i got it because it was cheaper and it was steam sale um this is one you absolutely should play with controller i tried it with mouse and keyboard and a bunch of the interactions with the gameplay make so much more sense with two analog sticks so uh play that especially after you get your uh, 360 controller it would be a great time to try it out with this game oh and i have one I just, it's just wired so oh, it's I just i just haven't moved it into the other room I, it takes slightly more effort than just picking it up and going so i haven't unplugged it from my computer and yes i'm that lazy <laughs> okay um i was also going to ask you about cobloads and catacombs because i played yes. it but i played it once and i i felt no compulsion to go back to that game at all there's it was interesting but I like I beat it like I beat it on the first try 
and I just don't understand where the gameplay loop is there. Like, am I supposed to just keep going back and beating it over yeah. and over? Or, like, it feels like there's a meta later that's missing, right? Like, there's right. no persistence between runs at it. There's nothing yeah. that you get except for card packs that would feed back into the competitive game that I'm not playing at the moment. So. Yeah. It felt like if I were actively playing Hearthstone, um, the normal modes, the competitive modes that, you know, I latch onto maybe once every couple years at this point, this would be really nice to have as just like a, a palate cleanser, as a diversion occasionally, but as a mode on its own to hook me back into the game, it just didn't at all. Which surprises me because it it felt to me kind of like what you were wanting, and I guess that for the reason I thought that you were going to latch onto it was because of the variety of bosses, that you fought different kinds of bosses with different abilities as you went through, so I figured that was going to be what kept you in there to until you you got tired of fighting all of the different ones that they had at different levels yeah i guess i just need like a, a meta level goal or something like right. something to work towards some bigger campaign to tie into it like if this mode was the full game and they built this out so much more into like a full single player yeah something um i think it, it could really hook me it just doesn't the way that it's set I hope up right they now do. they might but they really might like I'd be willing to go back and give it a shot. And I think what la- what made me latch onto it for the little bit that I did was the deck building aspect of it. Was that it always changed up the way that I played as I added new cards to my deck. And, and you know maybe one of my problems was that I beat it on the first run. Like if mm. I didn't or if I lost early, like after a boss or two, I could have been like, okay, let me try it again a different way or try it again with a different class. But. I don't know. I, I picked Paladin because I know Paladin really well. And mm. then I just I played through and I beat all the bosses and it was like, OK, you beat it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That's probably playing part of the way I feel, too. That um, makes sense, too. Yeah. Cause yeah. I didn't I didn't beat it first off. And I was like, OK, what did I do with my deck this time? Because I was I've only played through it as mage. OK, so I've tried it two or three different ways to play that one class to get through. Oh, OK, I see. Um the, another thing that I played over break was Star Wars Destiny, which, have you seen this game? Do you know which one I'm I've talking about? I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it and never played it. So I basically was looking for a game that could bridge the gap between the games, like the board games my kids have been playing with me, which are either kid board games or they are board games on the simple end of like you know, modern board games, but like right. simple ones that are very easy to onboard and that I have some house rules that I've set up to make them more kid friendly. I want to get them from that to actual like full on retail adult modern board games, right? Because like that's where I have fun. And my daughter's old enough now to make that transition. My son, I don't know, it's kind of borderline, but if she does something, he's going to want to do it too. So I was looking for something to, (laughs) that's the way it goes. I was looking for something to bridge the gap and Star Wars Destiny looked like it might be it. So I bought the like two player um, self-contained box set of it, which has two starter decks that aren't even full 30 card decks. And it has some characters that don't even have the full dice, but it's a good way to sample the game for cheap, which is what I was after. Yes. My kid's loved it and i thought it was pretty fun it was it was fun enough right the my only hesitation with it in the first place was that it's a ccg it's not an lcg so it's like oh. oh if i really wanted to get into it if i was going into this because i wanted to get invested competitively it, it's not a good fit for that because it's a ccg but because i just want to go into it and i want to have fun with my kids and i want to have them play games that have more complex rules than they're used to this was the perfect fit for me and my family right now so 
after I bought that set, I went and once I learned that my kids really liked it, they were like, oh, what, what are these? Because they were reading through the rules in their free time after we had played. And there are customization rules, right? To like make your own custom decks and it has all the rules around them. Um, my daughter's yeah. like, I want to make my custom deck. So I went out and I bought a second copy of that two-player self-contained game. And then I went and I bought like um, the original starter pack for Ray and the original starter pack for Kylo Ren. And I might buy a couple more starter packs that they are going to launch like new ones for the latest season of the game yeah which i think they're on like the third or fourth now you know they all have like subtitles to them yeah of Um, course if i wanted to actually spend the money and get everything complete so i could build any deck and be competitive at the meta it would be hundreds and hundreds of dollars but at this point i put maybe i don't know 60 bucks into it because stuff was on sale around the holidays maybe slightly more right. but right around 60 dollars. and my daughter my son and i have all been able to build our custom decks and have cards and dice left over and we're just having a ton of fun with it so and that's really what matters i mean that's you're what not matters, yeah you're not planning on getting into you know competitive tournaments on this you don't have a a gaming group where you're trying to one-up one another you're playing with your children to have a good time and introduce them to this kind of gaming so that's perfect 60 is exactly what you pay for a switch game anyway that yeah. whenever you guys are playing something together like that that well, is that's not a, a barrier to entry for most people there are a couple things in here that i feel like if i was going to play it competitively and i'm just saying this for like listeners who might be interested in that aspect i feel like they'd be frustrating um which they're not frustrating me because again i'm just playing with my kids but right. um, the fact that you're rolling dice right there's a huge element of randomness to what side those dice land on um, a yeah. lot of the cards that you have in your hand can manipulate the dice pool after you have rolled them so you can change them right and that's part right. of the play which is actually really interesting but the fact that you can just get an amazing roll or you can just get a horrible roll and that could totally swing the game like once you get to competitive level stuff that doesn't feel as good as when you're just playing casually yeah but outside of that it's funny when that happens your when your daughter does that to your son or your son that does that to your daughter and it becomes something that you're that you're laughing about as a family uh that you can you know hey you remember that time whatever it's like but when you're in a competitive atmosphere it's uh not quite as funny yeah, if you're at, you know, Fantasy Flight Game Center doing an actual tournament for it and you get a bad roll, like that just feels bad in a way that yeah. it doesn't at home. Um, the other thing I should say about it is that it's a game without phases, but it still has complicated rules. So hmm. the way it works, and this is one of the most interesting things about the game to me, is there are a bunch of actions you can take. It's like six or eight different actions that you can take. And the way around of the game goes is I take an action and then you take an action and then I take an action again. And that's it, back and forth. So there's no phase that you have to do everything in this phase like you do in magic right Right. so on your turn you have to do phase one phase two phase three i mean they're not Mm -hmm. called that right but you have to like okay i put out my i haven't played magic in a while i don't know why i picked that as an example but you know what i'm talking about right yeah you've got un, you got your untap phase and you have attack phase and and all of this yeah so uh your action might be I'm going to pay a little bit of money to attach this card as an attachment to a character. And that's my entire action. It goes back to the other player and they take an action and maybe their action is to activate a character. And when you do that, you take all the dice from that character and their attachments and you roll them on the table, but you don't actually do anything with them. That is your entire action is just rolling those dice and activating it. And then it goes back. So if you have a bunch of dice in the dice pool that you've rolled on a previous action, you can like resolve those 
and that's an action. So it gets into the nitty gritty in a way that like my kids have to learn more complicated rules, but the only thing they ever really have to remember at one time is, is it my action or is it their action? And okay. it, it rides this line between complicated phases and very simple, like back and forth that I think is a really good onboarding point as a game. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, so that's that's another reason that I really, really like Star Wars Destiny for the reason that I'm using it at the moment. So as we play more, I will report back. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a big hit at my house for the last couple weeks, basically. Yeah, you sent me a picture at one point of you guys setting up and playing it, and it looked like you were having a blast with it there. Yeah, and my daughter has beaten me every single time she's played against me. She's nice. Almost undefeated. I think she only has one loss to my brother over Christmas. And besides that, she keeps winning. So she obviously understands the rules. And no, I'm not going easy on her. I'm just losing because she's better than me. Um, <laughs> but the last game that I want to talk about was Battle Chef Brigade. Did you ever look at okay. this one? Because I was I, I was like bursting at the seams to tell you about it, but I didn't want to ruin it for you. No, because I want you to tell me about it. Like, okay. I've, okay, this is pop. Let me say this first, that it has popped up in my feed and recommendations and queue on roughly everything I've looked at. So I'm fairly certain that every piece of software that I use to buy games thinks I'm going to love this game. Okay, that's good to know. Um, Battle Chef Brigade is a cross between a beat-em-up, a match three, and Iron Chef. That is hmm. the simplest way to describe this game. You are Battle Chef. <laughs> you get into like a tournament arena, just like you would an Iron Chef. You're given uh, a theme ingredient. You're given some other things that you have to do with it. Like this person might like fire as their main component of the dish. This person might like water. You know, it's like element based. Um, okay. And then what you have is you have a couple different cooking surfaces and you have a pantry. And you have to go out. You run like to the left out of your kitchen area and it just goes out into a monster arena. And you are <laughs> on a time limit. You have to go kill a bunch of monsters get all of the ingredients they drop, take them back to your pantry, and then from the pantry you can drop them onto your like cooking surfaces and you have to cook a dish. And it that part of it is a match three game, but killing the monsters uh, is a beat 'em up game. It it shouldn't work as well as it does. Like at a glance, or if you just take it surface level, it looks kind of like a bad flash game that you're like, it does. what? Like, it does. I'm, it honestly, I'm looking at it. Yeah. yeah like, I, I Googled it while you're talking about this to pull it up on Steam, and it looks like something I would never consider buying. Yes, but I heard enough about it that I was like, I got to give it a shot. Like, I, I heard enough things that I just had to find out what it was and if I would even like it. It kind of looks like a bad flash game, but... I played this game and nothing else for about three or four days straight. Like, this game got its hooks in me, and I beat it. I completed this game. I kind of loved it. It it would have been just off my games of the year list, honestly. It wouldn't have been number five, because Cuphead is there now. This might have been number six. Like, honestly. Wow. I really, really liked this game. It... It has other stuff um, with the match three stuff. Like they drop some like bones in there that change things up. They drop like mutations and poisons and stuff like that later on once you understand the mechanics. There are other things where like you can go out and you can buy equipment and you can buy new abilities. So you could try to spec yourself to kill monsters faster or better and save some time that way. Or you can buy a bunch of cooking gear. You can buy pots and pans and ovens and cutting boards that let you do specific things to the gems in your match right. three game. So... 
uh, I don't know. It was just, it was fascinating. And you like combo up the match three gems and then they get more powerful and the higher level they are, um, the more points they're worth in the end. And it's something about that plus the judges where you have to like, you know, dragon is your main ingredient, but then one judge wants a fire dish and one wants a, a water dish. And how do you balance those things out? It, it was so fun. It was so fun. Like, I don't know. Do you have any questions about it? I don't know much else to say, except it is really beat him up crossed with match three crossed with Iron Chef. No, I mean, I think I get it from that. It's just, and looking at it on Steam now that, you know, I've just seen it pop up and never looked at it because you told me that you were going to talk about it. Like, I really will pick that up when it when it hops on sale i'm absolutely picking it up because it sounds awesome okay we'll leave it there until you eventually try it because i do want to hear there's more to talk about there but you need to have played it first because it it really is an odd game it does sound very odd but it was good okay we made it we made it through all of our games that was a lot of games well i wanted to actually ask i wanted to ask if because i actually one of the ones that's actually grabbed me more than anything is this shantae half genie hero yeah like i had only recently come across this on steam like i saw it in this in the nintendo eShop, and it kind of avoided it and then i read so much about it like saying that it was like super good like these shantae games were good i was wondering if you've ever played any of them because it got its hooks in me and it's one that if i'd played last year as much as steam world dig 2 i think that the shantae half genie hero is every bit as good as it that uh, i was curious on how you felt about those if you'd played any of them or the previous ones because this one is a beautifully done uh platformer on the switch that's like hand-drawn animation i have i've tried like three of them and i didn't like any of them they really yeah they none of them clicked for me um for me metroidvanias either have to be unbelievably exquisite or it falls flat like there's there's not really an in-between for me like i think i've told you i've played every castlevania and i've beaten zero castlevanias um just like i've played every metroid and i've only beaten like a couple metroid games ever uh SteamWorld Dig 2 might be the best Metroidvania I've ever played now that you've classified it as such. I didn't even put that together earlier, but... No, the Shantae just didn't work for me. And for me, like, the and the reason I was asking is because it doesn't feel like one of the, the typical Metroidvania games. Like, it feels like a traditional platformer to me, because while there are different paths to take, it's set up in different levels, that you have a world map, that you go to all of these different places and you travel, where it feels like just a really highly polished indie platformer. And it's, I just love this one, that I played, after I got through, like, the first, the first world, basically, the, it was there are three levels each. Once I got through that first world and beat the boss, I, I was like, yep, playing this on the Switch. And that's been pretty much what I've played almost exclusively since uh, since I picked it up a few days ago. That it's just fun that this one, it's just, it's pretty and it's fun. And I completely overlooked it for so long that uh, it was the classification when somebody said that it was a Metroidvania. But for me, this one just feels like a great platformer. Cool. No, I'm glad you found it. Um, I'm just glad that like overall we found a bunch of really fun games over break. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't just one or two things that we honed in on. It was like there were so many good games that both of us played, which was it was a great feeling to come back to that and see our lists today to talk and about. And I think for me it was because I didn't play an MMO. 
this is the like the first Christmas break that I can remember that I didn't just dig in and escape into an MMO and explore that particular world. Like I'm I sampled so much and found things that really worked for me. Like you said, that that these I've had more fun doing this than I did like exploring a single MMO as well. So maybe this is where I'm at now. That's awesome. I love to hear that because that's that's the way I do things, you know how i yep. explore lots and lots of games cool okay um next week we'll be back we have more from break it's basically everything that we like watched and read and listened to and all that kind of stuff i we have a lot more thoughts about around that <laughs> it was just there was so much we had a really good break which is great to come back to lots of thoughts and discussions to have but that's it for this week and gaming at the moment uh you can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address as always is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast and we're on slack too you can go to slack.geektogeekcast.com for your invite and like we said earlier in the show we're part of a podcast network so head over to geek to geekcast.com to see if any of the shows tickle your fancy i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And I now vlog at RunningShoes.tv. <laughs> That's new for you. I can tell. Um, we've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geekity beekities. Happy 2018. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.